for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning and welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, with you until noon. We're talking sports with you and glad you're with us on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. In about 25 minutes, our first guest will be John Bowencamp, uh, AP writer, HawkeyeNation.com. Uh, iowahoops.com he, uh, he's everywhere and uh, he'll be with us at 1025 uh, as we recap a couple of opportunities for John uh, Hawkeye related basketball from what was yesterday to, uh, so Monday and then of course Hawkeye media uh, Hawkeye football media availability yesterday we will catch up with John Bowen camp sprinkle in a little Dodgers NL West uh, with John coming up at 10.25. Off to Vegas, we will go at 10.45. Kenny White, kennywhitesports.com will join the program at about 10.45. He's got a couple of games he wants to preview, and we will speak with him and do just that. At 11.05, it's Wednesday. That means Cappy is here. A lot on the Bears. Their new quarterback will be under center with the injury to Andy Dalton. Uh, field starts. Cappy on that. And on the, dare I say... Going the wrong way at the wrong time, maybe there's that proverbial switch. We'll pick Cappy's brain on whether the White Sox know where that is located, if there is such a thing. And then at the bottom of the second hour, Mitch Holtis, who is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, will recap uh, the uh, Sunday night football loss to the Ravens and preview what I think is a huge, huge game for a week number three. There's a couple of them. Uh, with the Chargers and the Chiefs, and they're in the early window. Rams and Buccaneers, how big is that game potentially with playoff implications? Tiebreaker, I know it's early to start talking playoffs, but tiebreaker is the head-to-head, and those two teams do feel like they are going to represent the NFC in the playoffs at some point. Trent Condon, it was baseball for me last night. I know it was for you as well. Uh, you had another hit on your uh, um, your plays of the day, and we'll do that about five, just before we get out of here at five minutes before 12. Uh, it was kind of good to sit back and just veg and not watch, just watch baseball. Yeah, it was one of those nights, as you like to say, especially when we get in October, Tuesdays and Wednesdays are for baseball, yep. and it certainly feels that way once again. Now, Thursday night football this week. Oh, bye. But stinker. <laughs> might, uh, might lead myself to a little more baseball yeah. on Thursday evening, but no doubt, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, baseball, that is what it's about. And last night, the Brewers-Cardinals game, it had mm-hmm. a playoff atmosphere. It did. It was course, maybe the Cy Young Award winner in the National League on one side. And a young guy in Woodford who's thrown better mm-hmm. here over his last, I think, four starts. Now he's been pretty good. That was a reason I handed the cards out last night. And, yeah, it was just that environment, the feeling that September baseball. Low-scoring game. Gets lost in the shuffle yep. a lot of times. But those are good nights when you have something like no, that. No, I enjoyed the heck out of it. You know, because on Monday night, a couple of things. Uh, and I was, I was very relieved to see the numbers on the Manning. Uh, telecast come out and they were up over 100% 
What was it, like 136%? And ESPN, at least I haven't seen it. They have not put out the number or had not put out the number of the main broadcast. So did that go down significantly at the expense of the Manning brothers going up? Trent, I feel like when I watch the Mannings on Monday night that I'm, and I never went to college <laughs> other than a week, so I'm really not sure what <laughs> what it's like to sit in a lecture. Mm-hmm. But that kind of like it is, I mean, you have to be paying attention to watch Monday Night Football when you watch the Mannings. You just can't sit in your chair and mm-hmm. hold the clicker and just kind of zone out, right? It's like you're being taught a class by two incredible professors um, in the most cerebral mind, I think, to ever play the position in Peyton Manning. And then Favre comes on and Gronk is on and McAfee is on. By the way, uh, Peyton Manning announced where his uh, nephew Arch is going to school during the broadcast. <laughs> West Virginia? Yeah. Going to McAfee school? <laughs> yeah. I thought that was great. He's so sharp. He's so witty, Peyton mm-hmm. is. Um, but from Monday night, where you're just, you know, you're complete attention watching the event, to Tuesday night, we are just sitting in the chair watching baseball. I was into it. You know, and to the Manning point, I didn't watch it Monday night. I just didn't. Had a lot going on. Playing with Jack. We had the trains out. So it was just regular broadcast. Because, like you said, I couldn't dive into it. Uh-huh. But this thought popped into my mind. You go through a weekend, and somebody like you, that is nonstop, all weekend long, all football. And it's a little bit of a respite from your standard broadcast. Yeah, there's guys you like. There's guys that you don't think do as good a job. But ultimately, it's all pretty much the same mm-hmm. thing. And then you go to something on Monday night after you're not footballed out, but it's just a change of pace. It's a difference yep, here. It is. And it leads to who's copying this? Where are mm-hmm. we going next? Mm-hmm. What is the next mm-hmm. sport that this would work for? Yep. What is the next? Well, is it ESPN? They started it with the national championship game and what they've done there. You look at what they did. Uh, the Final Four, where TBS and what I think TNT had the home broadcast for a, fo- a number of years. I always thought that was really cool. You get to hear either an old radio announcer or something like that. Mm-hmm. And with the Ryder Cup on the horizon, I was watching Ryder Cup preview last night. I got all juiced up for yeah, it. I know you texted me. We've got to make sure we can <laughs> we find had, we, time for Matt Rudy. Yes. I, I'm fired up for it. Now, how much will I watch? That'll be a different it's conversation. season. And that's what makes it tough. But that aside. Would golf be a good sport for something like this? And here's what wouldn't be a good sport. I agree with you. You have to have time between plays. You have to have time between shots. Mm -hmm. Hockey wouldn't work. Basketball wouldn't work. Yes. Because it's back and forth, up Mm -hmm. and down the floor, up and down the ice. Football, play, uh, play clock. 40 seconds. 40 seconds. You've got time to recap the play you saw or what you, you saw through your quarterback eyes and are teaching us in our easy chairs at home. So it would work for those sports. It would work for golf. It would work for baseball. It does work for football. Um, to answer your question, those would be the three. But I'll tell you, I, I didn't watch any of Greasy and Riddick and Steve Levy, and I don't mind that team. This isn't a, um, I can't stand listening to those guys. Um, I was into this Manning, and I watched the entire, watched the entire game on uh, ESPN2. Golf, perfect. Phil Mickelson, yes, good one. I would sit there and watch four hours of Phil yeah. on a Sunday. Yeah, with the right combination. Mm-hmm. And would Tiger people. would Tiger float your boat, or is he too stiff when it comes to this? Probably, maybe them together. Yeah. Now that's a one-two punch. Mm-hmm. 
you have the dynamic personality of Phil. Right. You have the greatest short of Jack. Yeah. Those two together. Tiger alone couldn't do it and right. carry it. He'd have to have the right person. But Phil... Phil could. I'm making the list. He's number one on my list. Yep. That'd be when he hangs one. it up and he makes his own production company like the Mannings does mm-hmm. and go that route, I think him on golf would be incredible. Well, you know, the Masters has all those channels, right? If right. you're on DirecTV. Uh-huh. But are they... Is that a group that would be willing to lend their... Their brand to an alternate broadcast, even if it is two guys that have multiple green jackets. Probably not. That's just it, right? They're so now they're not as stodgy right. as they used to be. Yeah. When what's his name, Hootie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, Going was, after it was a Martha Burke. Yeah, yeah. just it's ridiculous. I mean, lighten up, Francis. Right. It's a golf tournament. Exactly. <laughs> God's sakes, we need more stripes references. We, out we here. really do. Um, but we're going to put up with it because it's the Masters and it's the but first. But for a U.S. Open? Yeah, something like that. Go that route. Uh-huh. Put it on Golf Channel, mm-hmm. NBC owned. You know, you kind of head that direction. You have to have that aspect of it, yeah. So you find an alternate channel that would work, that would make sense. You don't want to filter too many people away, obviously, from the main broadcast. But mm-hmm. I think golf obviously lends itself perfectly it does. to something like that. You golf, baseball, and football. So who would be a baseball guy, though? That's And then my mind kind of morphed into that. And nobody jumped out right away. Nobody, Kurt Schilling is very opinionated. Yeah, no, you don't want, um, there's too much baggage that feels like it comes mm-hmm. along with a guy like Which, that. You know, who you, a position you have to, you want a catcher. Don't you want a catcher? A guy that, that sat behind. But it doesn't have to be a great two. I think that yeah. that's what makes this so mm-hmm. good is it's not, it's not Brian Greasy doing this kind of telecast. Right. The guy who it's, dropped his drawers when he was a Red Sox. What's his name? Steve, uh. Steve Lyons. Steve Lyons, right. Right, right. Yeah. Right. It has to be a huge name. Mm-hmm. Ken Griffey Jr., does that even do it mm-hmm. anymore? You know, somebody like that, and it, it just feels like there's not the right personality mm-hmm. in baseball to be able to bring it home. And Roger McDowell, he was the circus of, what did they call him back in the day? Because he was a goofball. Yeah. But again... Does a guy like that work on a broadcast? I think baseball. Not Lenny Dykstra after watching the '86. <laughs> I'd watch that. Trent, he can't. You can't understand a word he says. Need subtitles. Need you, subtitles. I mean, I, what has happened to this dude? Boy, he, he was clutch he, though in '86. When I watched that, he was clutch. Yes. And what happened? I mean, he's a criminal for God's sakes, and he just he mumbles. Lived a rough life. Boy, I'll say. Got the most out of it. Yeah, he has done that. All right. Uh, we will take a couple of calls, 284-5966. If you want to chime in, you're welcome to do so. You can go anywhere direction that you want. Uh, but it was fun watching a little MLB and just kind of kicking back and vegging last night. And those Cardinals, what a, what a story. Those St. Louis Cardinals, um, most thought that they were dead. And, and here they are. Four games in front of the wild card. I just don't think that they've got a chance to catch. Or the Reds don't have a chance uh, to catch um, the Cardinals the way they're playing. They don't play any more head-to-head. Right. Cardinals got, I think, seven or eight left against the Cubs. Now, I expect the Cubs to put up a little bit of a fight with that rivalry. Mm-hmm. But, man, that was a fun game last night. My Blue Jays, it was fun to watch them get back in the win column. Just real quick. Manoa again. Manoa, I'm telling you, that kid's yeah, good. Yeah. Buy some stock in Alec Manoa. Uh-huh. Did you hear the little uh, uh, brouhaha? It was kind of, they threw cold water on it. So Kiermaier slides at home on Monday night. Yes. And Kirk, the catcher, has the a card in his pocket, right? How they pitch, how the Blue Jays pitchers attack all of the race hitters. Mm-hmm. So there was a play at the plate. Kiermaier slides. 
and the card falls out of Kirk's pocket. Kiermeyer picks up the card, and and there's perfect television angle of this. Yeah, he looks yeah. at it, puts it in his pocket, and all of a sudden, the Rays have the cheat code, if you will, for how the Blue Jays are going to attack them. I kind of torn. I mean, this is my team, admittedly, the Jays, and you don't want to see a team have an edge. But why wouldn't you pick up the damn card, right? Why wouldn't you do that? Because it's illegal. Is it, though? I mean, it's, it's the still... But, uh, yeah. again, if it was a Jay picking up the race picture, I would have been all for it. If they leave a scouting report in the locker room? It's fair game. Fair game? Fair game. You left the card on the field? Yeah. And didn't we see that in the NFL? There wasn't a playbook or something. I'm sure it has been. Well, you get... I thought that there was a scandal. When Kirk Ferris made his way to Iowa and the guy said he was going to drive to Nebraska with their new playbook. Remember that? No. Yeah. Kirk, the summer before his first season... Guy was leaving the team, not yeah. happy with the way, and he said he was taking the playbook like in over. in the 90s? Because they were opening up with Nebraska. Yeah. says, I'm driving this thing to Lincoln. I don't remember that story. Oh, my. All right, let's uh, get some calls in here, 284-5966. Um, we will talk to John Camp coming up. Frank is going to be first. Frank joins me. Got a couple of bills. We'll pay those. We'll not pay them. We'll hear from them bills uh, coming up here. Frank, what's on your mind? Hey, I was just uh, listening. About, number one, the Cardinals thing. That long time ago, I'm impressed with that. Thank you. But the uh, the guy I was thinking of could uh, carry the baseball thing. AJ Przinsky. Yeah, he's good. I like Przinsky, and he's a catcher. And that was my first box to check was the uh, position. He's kind of he's witty. Um, Is he a? Yeah, I don't. I think he's a big enough name. Everybody knows Przinsky, right? He's on national broadcasts. Yeah, and he was involved in a lot of uh, yes, uh, (laughs) yes. Controversial type stuff going on. Yeah. Captain AJ. Yeah. Frank, thanks for the call. I appreciate you listening. I got to remind you, I did pick the Dallas Cowboys to win the Super Bowl while we're you know, wrapping our arms around each other yeah. and giving each other hugs for the Cardinals coming back. Um, yeah, Brzezinski would be okay. I mean, He'd be I mean, okay, but again, you, you need one bigger name. You need a name that Grandma's going to fl- flip on. I know yeah. that guy. Yeah. You need to get the. Because that was week one. My wife, who loves football, but. Mm-hmm. If that was just two old quarterbacks that she didn't really know that right. well, it wouldn't have had the same kind of impact. Being the Mannings, being Peyton, right. more than anything, that's Although impactful. Although he's got his role in this he show. He does. Though. He's really good. Yeah, he's got his show. Um, Bill, Jeff, let's go to the uh, Bill that's been on hold the longest. Uh, Bill, that's you. What's on your mind, Bill? Good morning, guys. Good morning, Bill. Uh, I, asked, I asked this question in the morning rush yesterday. I don't know if you're listening. I was not. Saturday night, the Iowa State game. And they're playing on artificial turf, and the Raiders play on natural grass. When the Raiders' field rolls in, what do they do with UNLV's field? You know, I don't know the answer, but your your assumption is absolutely correct. Um, so is it underneath the gr- I, I don't know the answer, Bill. I don't know the answer. But I will check some into it. Said, some people said, well, it's down in the bottom in the pit. I like, well, that means the pit raises up to sideline level. Well, it's a really cool building, and they spared no expense. I'll say that much. Um, but I don't know the answer to your question, Bill. I'm sorry. All right, thanks, guys. Yep, thank you. Appreciate you listening. Uh, the other Bill is next. Bill, welcome to the program. Bill, how are you? Good, great. Good morning, Kenny and Trent. Morning. Hey, uh, 
By the way, Trent, Kenny yep. is a fast walker. <laughs> I was trying to keep up with him on my bike the other day, and I couldn't keep up with him. I, I saw that when we were in Vegas about six, seven weeks ago. Yeah, he, he moves. <laughs> he didn't got time to dilly-dally. <laughs> you guys were talking about Harry Carey, I think, yesterday, and you said it was the 24th oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. last singing of the, uh, the Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Well, that girl's name was, she was a ball girl. Marla or something. Off- Marla Collins was her name. Collins. And she sat back off to the one side of the home plate, you know, back against the wall. Yeah. You know, and you saw her with, with every pitch from the center field camera. You saw her in every picture. Now, when it was nice, she always wore shorts and she wore cubby, you know, uniforms, you know, mm-hmm. pinstripes and all that. Well, it was either early or late in the season one year. And this was back in the late 80s, early 90s. And it was cold and windy. And she wore long pants. And Harry, <laughs> Harry blurts out, he says, Marla Collins is here and she's not wearing any shorts. <laughs> and Steve Stone almost wet his pants. And he, he quickly, so, so quick-witted, he said, we'd know her anywhere, Harry, wouldn't we? <laughs> That's awesome. They had some fun back there. Bill, good to hear from you. Appreciate you listening. Uh, let's go to Jeff next. Jeff, welcome to Miller & Condon. Hi, Jeff. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Ken, so you were talking about yesterday. I just I don't know if you want to start or I can start about the Mets uh, 86 documentary. I've watched all four episodes, and I'm kind of curious to get your perspective. And um, it, it was an unbelievable documentary. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I, I loved it. Now, and it didn't I, do great numbers, which I was didn't. No. I'm shocked at that. So I'm, I'm uh, halfway through the final episode, so I've got the first three in the back. It, it just goes, it, it jogs the memory is what it does, right? I mean, these guys, the plane ride that they took off after beating Houston, Mike Scott scuffling the baseball the way that he did, trying to um, understand Lenny Dykstra, and I forgot about the role that he played on that team. My God, he had some big hits. Gary Carter's slump, Keith Hernandez, what he meant, Ray Knight, um, Bobby Ojeda. Yeah. I mean, what he went through to stay on the mound. I don't remember him being as good as he was in such a huge part of that team. And then, the, and then, the, and then the skipper, right, Johnson? What? Um, just letting these guys be themselves. What did you think of it, Jeff? Well, here's a couple of things that you didn't name, which is good. So it kind of goes right up my alley. But you know, and I think you guys could both, you know, talk about it. The rivalries and the way the fans were back then. Like, when they talked about the Cardinals and Mets series and what it meant, like, and we all know about the Boston and Lakers series, but, like, nowadays, you know, shaking hands and hugging and taking people's jerseys and signing it's them. Different times. Like, back in, <laughs> back in the 80s, like, it meant something. Yeah. I'm not saying that Magic and Isaiah, I'm kind of switching rivalries, but like, they didn't go out for dinner, you know, when they were in their cities, but you didn't know about it. Right. Like, it was a big deal. Yeah. And, and when they would go to the fans in the 80s, like in the Mets, Oh, I mean, it was pandemonium. Mm-hmm. It's just a totally different atmosphere, and I wish we could get back to that. That was one of my biggest, one of my takeaways. The other one, and this would never happen now, it would be all over ESPN. So they win the World Series, and Doc just did Oh, you just spoiled it and, for me. <laughs> and he's, he's got to find his drug dealer, right? So he, yeah. he goes. Well, that's in the show. Wow. He oversleeps, and he doesn't go to the parade. I knew that. It doesn't show, doesn't show yeah. up. I mean, if, if LeBron James... Oh. Did that? Mm-hmm. It, there would be a police. I mean, it would be a report out. Find LeBron James, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, and you know, well, no, and, you know, there wouldn't be because we would have watched. We would have got up and we would have saw the pictures on social media from what happened to him right. the night before. <laughs> right. No, yeah, no social media. And there's the last one. And a lot of the you know people listening probably have no idea who Lynn Bias is. 
But yeah. unbelievable basketball yeah. player. Got drafted number one. Mm-hmm. Died twenty four hours later. Right. But Doc's on the on the Doc saying, "I want that Lynn bias." And no it game. didn't even phase him. Yep. It, it, that is so. I mean, it was bone chilling to hear yep. that. Great documentary. I wish the ratings were better, but I mean, what a perfect piece to throw out mid summer fall. It was fantastic. No, I couldn't agree it. with you more, Jeff. I, I I loved it. I loved it from start to finish. Yeah, the Lynn bias it didn't even affect Drew Gooden. You know, he went out and he did more blow. Um, the importance of baseball during that time that really jumped out to me. Mm-hmm. Seeing the stars, seeing Cindy Lauper. Yeah, which is what a big deal baseball was. Well, and the Mets and what they did to it, the city that the Yankees owned forever. Right. I'm glad I got the Shea Stadium. I wanted to yeah. get the Shea Stadium, and I did. Um, I don't know, 15 years ago. Um, but yeah, just watching Shea Stadium and that Budweiser—I'll never forget the big Budweiser Cup. Mm-hmm. Right, that was the center field scoreboard, the main advertising piece. Um. And I loved American beer in Canada, and that just always meant something to me. I don't know why. Seeing the big Budweiser yeah, the, out there. Oh man, I wish I had one of those type of thing. But um, yeah, it was great. It was. It's a really good. If you're a baseball fan, if you're a you know sports fan, and you want to go back and remember what it was like. If you loved the '80s, yes, it was. There was very much a part of. Mm-hmm. Of course, I grew up in it. But as an elementary school, yeah, you know, I didn't. No, those, those stories were kept from you. The ones, yeah. that, uh, Wally Bachman, he had a big mm-hmm. role in the documentary, big role on the team. Of course, he became a twin and had a big role there. Yeah. Um, Keith Hernandez, who else was a really had a, a good big role in that? Um, Daryl getting benched, yes. And Keith Hernandez in the Houston series because they were going to face Scott had they lost, mm-hmm. and Orozco's on the hill. And he's, he's the bases are loaded, right? And they were about to lose. And Keith Hernandez walked to him. Apparently, um, if you throw another fastball, I'm going to punch you. And he threw three straight sliders and whoever was in the batter's box. And they didn't have to face Mike Scott, who was unhittable that yeah. year. Unhittable. And they've got the baseballs. Scuffed from up. They're all scuffed up. Yeah. Unbelievable. Nah, good, good piece. Good open. We will uh, switch gears when we come back. We're going to talk Hawks with John Bowencamp. Look forward to catching up with John. There was uh, basketball media availability on Monday, football yesterday. So we'll catch up with that on him. Take a look at the fascinating National League West race. Boy, it's fun to watch. Although I shouldn't say watch. Although I did when I was in the Pacific time zone. But it's tougher <laughs> when you're in the central time zone. But these two teams, my God. Did you hear that Bochi might be interested in coming back to manage and who he's ticketed, who the... Um, San Diego. Yes. That's exactly what they need. A professional. A, a professional. Uh, a hard ass who yeah. has the complete command of that clubhouse. When he sees Machado uh, and Tatis getting after it, that doesn't happen under Bruce Bochy, I don't think. How old is Bochy these days? Oh, God. He's got to be. He's, no, I don't think he's much older than I am. Early to mid 60s? Bruce Bochy. Let's click on the Wikipedia. He is 66. So a couple of years older, yeah. Larusa. Right? We killed that one. And yeah. he's been good. He's been great. He's been great. Well, look, yeah, we look, as much as... Trader Jack McKeon got it done. He did, and that was a great story. But to me, the Little Russo stuff was the... He didn't learn the first time, right? You're right. Yeah. He didn't learn... The, uh, it wasn't the age thing. No, nah, you can't, you can't drink and drive. Part. You don't care who you are. Yeah. And, you, and you, you got busted once, and then he did it again. That's a terrible look. But he's done a nice job. Although this White Sox team... Mm-hmm. I don't have good feels about their way, the way they're playing. We will take our time out. John Bowen Campus next. Miller and Condon or uh, Mike Piazza. That would be a good one. Somebody just uh, texted me that. Canseco? 14... Canseco. 
He's weird. Yeah, I don't know. It's a name. It's a name, but is he smart enough to do it? Need some help. <laughs> See, he's, 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 he's one of these one. guys that couldn't spell cat if you spotted him the C and the A. Yeah. Uh, D's and D's guy. Yeah. 1460 kicks and no Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. John Bowenkamp momentarily, Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. A quick shout-out to Nicholas Bassett, uh, that Cyclone mm-hmm. fan, hardcore Cyclone fan, had his uh, had a couple of setbacks um, in, in his life recently, and, uh, and there's a lot of KXNO listeners, a lot of KXNO hosts that are pulling for him, so uh, wishing Nicholas Bassett the best. Let's get John Bowenkamp in here. Uh, a lot of ground to cover with John. Little NL West, little hoops, little football. Yeah. You've been a busy guy, John. How are you? I'm doing good. How you doing? Doing well. You know, let's start with the Monday because that's when you had the basketball availability and you uh, had an opportunity to listen to Coach McCaffrey, etc. Sounds like um, depth is going to be something that uh, is always it can be a luxury. It can be something that can work against you trying to yep. come up with the minutes. Uh, how's he approaching the depth that he has on this team? You know, I, I think, you know, when listening to him the other day, I think it's basically um, anybody who wants a shot's going to get one, you know. And, um, I mean, this is a deep team. I mean, you look up and down that roster, and, and maybe there's maybe there's one or two guys that you look at like you think, okay, they're not going to contribute much this year. But really there's about at least, I would say, 12 guys that could play for them right now. You know, when he talks about Chris Murray and his development – and, you know, when you talk about Aaron Euless and, and his, you know, his minutes are going to increase. Tony Perkins, his minutes are going to increase. You know, a lot of the guys that, that we saw bits and pieces of last year are going to start getting a lot of minutes, I think. And so, I, you know, I, as he said, they're, they're, they've got a lot of time to figure this out. And, and they've got, you know, some, some games in November to figure it out. But for right now, you know, he, he's really opened it up and, and said basically everybody's going to get a chance and everybody's going to play and see what we can do with it. How many minutes a game for Jordan Bohannon this year? He's going to be a two-guard end with it. How many minutes ultimately does he play at the point? Do you believe that this is Toussaint and Euless, you guys go run the show, or are you going to go back to that blanket a little bit and, and just be feeling your blankie there with Bohannon running the point? I think the other guys. I think the other guys will get the bulk of the point guard minutes. But he even said, you know, the other day, look, you know, this is the guy that that, that is the program's all time leading, you know, leader in assists. He's mm-hmm. he's going to, you know, run the offense every now and then. But I think he really likes him right now at the two spot. And and it, it, if the other guys play as they're capable of playing, you know, I mean, I, Joe Tuzan obviously has to get more consistent. Aaron Uvis has to get you know adapted to to more playing time and you know and and the and the things that come with that. But I, I mean I, I think you know from a, from an overall minute standpoint, I think Bohannon's probably in that twenty five you know to twenty five to thirty range because hmm. you want that scoring ability on the mm-hmm. floor. But I also think some of those minutes are going to be at the point just because of what he's been able to do in the past. So Keegan Murray's the best player on the team, I think, when we look at this roster. Um, but when the, when the team's uh, you know going through a tough stage of the game and the coaches, whatever, McCaffrey's not, whatever he's saying isn't sinking in, who's the 
player on this roster that's going to be able to gather those guys together, the five guys on the floor together, and try and light a fire under them? Do they have that dynamic personality who has the game to go along with it that would get his teammates' attention? Who is that, John? Well, I, I think a lot of it is going to fall on Jordan Bohan. He's a six-year senior. Yeah. He's been through everything. He's seen a lot of minutes. And and I think you bring him back for that reason alone because you know that you don't have a lot of older guys on the team. You know, Connor McCaffrey is, is very good at leading the team. He's right. very good at, at running things, especially down the stretch. You know, but but you know, from a production standpoint, from a point standpoint, that guy that's going to get you the big shot. I mean, Jordan Bohannon, That's on his resume. That's what he's done over his, his career. So I think he's the one that that I think. You know, maybe you look for down the stretch, but at the same time, he has to embrace that role as well. You know, he has to he has to be the one to say, you know, to point guys in the right direction. You've got Connor McCaffrey there to do that, but you need you also need that that other guy there. That and, and when you've got a sixth year senior, that's what you expect out. What about the newcomers? Rebracha feels like at least we've got a handle on him. Veteran comes in from North Dakota. But the two true freshmen, Riley Mulvey, the big guy, and Peyton Sanford, we got to see a lot of at Waukee. Kid can shoot the ball well. What are expectations mm-hmm. for the newbies? You know, Fran really likes Peyton Sanford. And, and when I talked to him back in June, he raved about him. And I, I think he's kind of been the underrated you know, the guy that's kind of flown under the radar with this team when, when you talk about him, and I think he's a guy, like you said, great shooter, you know, kind of maybe sort of can kind of step into that, that Wies camp role maybe in the next year or two. You know, you, you've got, to, and that's the other thing with this depth too, you can ease these guys in. Riley Mulvey, I don't know what he's going to give them. I mean, I know he's a very good defensive player. You know, Fran really likes him. It's a matter of getting stronger, getting adjusted to the game. I mean, you know, he is a. I mean, I mean, he reclassified to be in the, in this group, um, so he's he's really young. There's, there's he's really raw. I don't know what we get out of him this year, or what they get out of him. I'm sorry, what, what we see out of him this year. Um, but um, I, I think he, I think he will, um, you know, down the road be be help. But I don't know what he gives them at, the, at this point this year. John Bowenkamp, uh, AP, Hawkeye Nation, of course, IowaCollegeHoops.com, as we recap his piece from uh, earlier in the week. Let's go to football, John. Uh, you had an opportunity sure. to listen to Kirk Ferentz yesterday. I saw just an uh, open-ended question. Your uh, main takeaway from Ferentz uh, would have been what? The, 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 the fake pun on <laughs> He didn't that. like it that, did dumb. he? Stupid. Um, dumb. It, it, was, it was funny. It was, and it, it, you know, it's funny that you kind of see the, that side of, of Kirk. And, and, again, he said it's easy to laugh when you're winning. Um, but, you know, I mean, he, he did admit that was just a really dumb call, and he kept saying that over and over again, really dumb call. But from an overall aspect, you're listening to him, listening to his players, I think they like where they're at right now. And I think they feel like maybe they're, they might be a little bit ahead of where they thought they would be at this point. And so I think they see a lot of good things in this team. You're seeing the offensive line play better. You know, now you get Kyler shot back. You're seeing the defensive line that had a lot of question marks. You know, those guys are playing well. So I think, you know, a lot of the questions they had in August have been answered here in the first three weeks. And I think they like what they've seen so far. And I think maybe some things they were concerned about at the beginning, maybe they're not so concerned about now because they're seeing a lot of progress in those spots. Defensively, we know how good this team is. Special teams mm-hmm. have been right there. You come back to the one place, and it mm-hmm. continues to be quarterback. Colorado State this mm-hmm. week bounced back in a big way last week, but still not a very good team. 
how much more, how much down the field do you want to see out of Spencer Peters coming up this week? I think you want to see it, and I and I also think you want to see that accuracy get better. I mean, you know, he be you know severely. I, I was trying to think about the play the other day, the, the, the severe underthrow of you know a wide open receiver, and that prompted you know some some crowd reaction. And, and I I think that's got to get better. I think he's you know he's had some drops this year. I'll be honest. I mean, his his numbers probably could be a little bit better, but there have been some guys that have, have dropped good passes. He's shown flashes of that. It's just a matter of now just being consistent and, yes, hitting the deep ball. You've got very talented receivers. And so now I think as, as, as you get down this season, you know, as you, as you start to get in big tempo, I think you're going to see that playbook open up a little bit. But it's now going to be, okay, you've got these receivers now. Can he hit that long pass? To me, that's one of the biggest things in, in his evolution as a quarterback is can he do that? And, and and then be consistent with doing that. And so I think maybe that's something you try here this week with what you've got coming up now with Big Ten play starting next week, you know, getting back into Big Ten play. And so I, I think you want to open up that playbook a little bit, but he's got to be more consistent with his throws. Mm, John Bowenkamp, we'll get to the NL West just a second. I do want to pick your mm-hmm. brain on that. Good to see Kelly Martin, Ivory Kelly Martin, coming out and uh, you know facing, not facing, it's not like it's um, anxiety, right. but he, he answered the questions as to what's gone wrong with him as far as his uh, uh, propensity to fumble this year. And you know what? That, that he could have easily not absolutely shown up yesterday. Yep. And and that was to me when he was the a one of the first ones out. You know, and B answered all of those questions about because he is a big part of this of this backfield. I mean, he you know an older player, you know, a lot of experience. This is his opportunity now because he's been behind some guys and he's had some injuries and all that. And and then he's given it up by by fumbling the ball. For him to answer all those questions yesterday, I mean, you know, Kirk Ferentz has always talked about his character and his leadership and all that. To me, that was a big thing yesterday, just coming out and answering that question. Like he said, he could have very easily said, I'm not talking to him. You know, and but but here's a guy that came out, answered the questions, this is what I got to do to get better. This is what I got to do to be on the field. I can't keep doing this. I, I think it shows a lot about, about the guy's character and, 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 and his makeup. Uh, what have we got left? Ten games or something like that in a regular season? It's going right down to the last weekend. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Giants and Dodgers. Uh, I'm tired of trying to figure out which team's going to win. I'm just enjoying the heck out of it. Uh, September baseball special, I'm isn't it? No, I know you're I'm not. I'm ten. I'm ten. How's it going to fit? How's no. it going to finish? I, you know, I, I told somebody the Dodgers are going to clinch on the Saturday of the last weekend. Um, and I, I just think, I just think that's going to happen. And I, I just. You know, but but somebody's got to somehow or another. Giants have got to lose the game. You know, I went to bed last night. Padres are winning. Right. I woke up about I woke up about two o'clock and I checked my phone and I looked. At, I just I didn't even look at the score. I just looked at the standings. I'm like, oh, the Giants won. And then I saw today they won in the ninth inning. So I'm like, you know, they're they're obviously they're not going away. Um, you know, I I just you know you don't want to be in that wild card game. You don't want that crapshoot of one game. And and so I, I think that's why, I mean, this this next week and next couple of weeks, you know, week and a half or whatever, it's going to be really interesting. And it's, you know, I'm tense. I'm scoreboard watching, you know. And, and so, but, but 
you know, once they're going to be in the playoffs, they're going to win the wild card game and then go to the World Series. So they'll be fine. <laughs> they'll, they indeed will be fine. John Bonecamp. Uh, love having you on, John. Thank you. Appreciate it. We will uh, talk to you down the road. I would call the troops.com uh, for the AP. You can read us at the Associated Press Court, Hawkeye Nation. Your busy guy, John yep. Bonecamp. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Appreciate yeah. it. John Bowenkamp, as we catch up on the Hawkeyes and a little NL West. Off to Vegas, we shall go. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. Next, Miller and Condon, 1460 KX01. It's On a Wednesday, David Kaplan kicks off hour number two. Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. He'll be with us uh, at about 11.30. Right now, off to Vegas, we shall go. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. He joins us. Uh, Welcome to the program, Kenny White. How are you? Hey, Ken and Trent, thank you thank you for having me and uh, looking for another great week. Uh, a lot of fun in football. How was your trip here to Vegas, Ken? I'm, and I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to see you. No, look, at, it was it was fun. Um, uh, you know, I was disappointed. I stayed at the new resort world. They don't care about sports, um, unfortunately. But it's a short walk to the win, and it was a short uh, Uber to, the, uh, to Circa to, to spend some time in that cathedral watching on uh, sunday it was it was great in vegas is awesome as you know and football top football season the best time to go in my opinion so it was good yeah resort world should have a circus style sports they should it's amazing uh you know there's a lot of places are getting it finally and uh, Derek stevens from circa he gets it yep no doubt about it hey kenny a few when i first met you 10 12 years ago you took me in your office and we spent a considerable amount of time. You educated me, and I'll never forget that time. And, you know, one of the things we were talking about is home field advantage, et cetera. Do you, at the tip of your fingers, have Jack Trice and Kinnick Stadium? What those, what, what number you assign when you're coming up with a, uh, you know, your point spread when you're doing your power rankings? What are Kinnick and Jack Trice now? Do you know, or do you have it handy? Yeah, I've got it right here. Uh, uh, Kinnick, I, I have five and a half points for the home advantage. Uh, they're 17 and 14 ATS the last five years. And then I give Jack Trice uh, five points. Uh, they're actually a little better, 20 and 13 ATS. So that's one I may uh, look to move up a little bit, maybe maybe up to five and a half for, for Jack Trice. The average is about four, four and a half. I heard Chris Sanders out at the South Point said in the NFL, he's on average down to 1.6 points for home field advantage. Some doesn't even have home field advantage anymore. NFL in general, it, you know, the old adage of three points, where are you at now with home field advantage in the NFL? You know, there's there was a uh, and the reason why Chris is that low is because 2019 was the year of the away team, and then 2020 was the year that there were no fans, so there was no home field advantage. If you throw out those two years, home field advantage in the NFL is still worth 2.8 points. Okay. So, um, you know, this year's, uh, we'll see how this year goes. It's, it's early on and I don't have those numbers in front of me. Um, I do have them, but I, I still feel that home advantage in the NFL is worth, uh, between two and a half and three points. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. Let's look at, uh, take a look at a few of the big games this weekend. Notre Dame, a lot of folks aren't buying. Wisconsin coming off a buy. They will bring a defense to that tilt. No doubt about it. Notre Dame and Wisconsin. One of the, uh, marquee games this weekend, Kenny White. Yeah, what a great game uh, playing in Chicago. Uh, you know, a couple trends here in this game. 
Brian Kelly, remember this one, second half. He's a huge under, 40-21, and 21, likes to take the air out of the football late. Paul Christ on the other side, he has an undertrend in the first half, 39-22. and 22. Second half, he has an overtrend. That kind of negates Brian Kelly's under. I'm not sure why that would be with Paul Christ. I thought I would find an undertrend for both. But uh, Notre Dame's offense, I have ranked eighth best in the country. Uh, their defense, 21st. And uh, Wisconsin actually have their offense rated seventh best in the country, 16th on defense. And their offense is all predicated on that run game, that power run, because Graham Mertz has been really about an average quarterback so far. He has not thrown a touchdown pass yet, uh, ju- and two, two interceptions he's thrown, 326 yards and 54 attempts. So uh, less than seven yards a pass, well below average right now. Jack Cohen on the other side. Ex-Wisconsin quarterback, I'm sure he's got a chip on his shoulder. He'd like to get some revenge in this game. Um, I, I really feel like this game is a very evenly matched game. Um, Wisconsin has a small edge on the offensive line. Notre Dame has an edge on the defensive line. Wisconsin edge has an edge in the linebackers. I think Notre Dame has an edge in the D-backs. So I think it's a pretty evenly matched game. I made Wisconsin one, and I'm taking uh, six right now with Notre Dame. Grabbing the mm. six with the Irish. Big 12 tilt, a good one. Yeah. Oklahoma, West Virginia. I know Ken has this game circled this week. Kenny, what do you have? Yeah, I'm, you know, Oklahoma's one of my teams that I, I have very high regards for. Um, number three offense, number five defense in the entire country. It didn't look like that against Tulane. Uh, but I think they got surprised. Tulane's a really well-coached football team. Willie Fritz is one of the best in the business that people don't know about. Great coach. Um, but the defense allowed just 20 points per game median numbers last year. Uh, they returned 13 starters on the defensive end. I think there's a very solid defense. West Virginia, on the other side, has looked good, and people think they are far better than they are. I have them ranked 98th in offense, and that's counting FCS teams, though, too, because there's a couple FCS teams that have better offense. West Virginia, 30th on defense. That's their strength. Neil Brown, the head coach, is in his second year. He came from Troy. He's in his third year. Came from Troy. Is two years at West Virginia so far. He's 0-6 straight up versus top 25 and 2-4 and ATS. I think they just step up so much in class. It's a really tough spot for them. Oklahoma is better on every level on both units, so I'm, I'm laying the points with Oklahoma here. Texas Tech and Texas, as we stay in the Big 12, opened about 13, down to 8, 8.5 at some places. Uh, Texas uh, hosting Texas Tech, your thoughts? That was the right move. Uh, the, that was a big number for Matt Wells and Texas Tech, another really good football coach. I'm going to be interested in the total now, but now that the number has moved, the value is all gone out of the line for Texas Tech. If anything, maybe you're starting to look at Texas on maybe a money line or, or a t- as a teaser team just to win the game at home. Uh, but you have two offensive coaches here, Matt Wells and Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, Sarkeesian went to Casey Thompson against Rice last week, had a big game, 15 for 18, 164 yards, two touchdowns. And Thompson also had 44 rushing yards and two TDs against Arkansas. So he's a dual-threat guy. They got the right guy at quarterback now. And then and then Tyler Shaw for Texas Tech, he has been been great so far in three games. 68% completions, almost 10 yards a pass, six touchdowns. Uh, Texas Tech's my 26th offense, 56 defense, so their strength is on the offensive end. Texas, Texas a little more balanced. 
number 22 offense, 26 defense. Um, I like the game over the 61 and a half with the two offensive head coaches. Running short on time, one more game. It's one I had circled this summer. Clemson, NC State just feels different now with the struggles that we've seen out of the Tigers. Wolfpack, can they win this game outright? Yeah, they got a good shot. They were my sixth best team in the country coming into the year. Uh, they disappointed me, obviously, with a loss at Mississippi State. Uh, Clemson's offensive struggles have led me to a correlated parlay in this game, taking the points with NC State and going under. NC State's strength is their defense. I have their offense number 36, their defense number 7. I still have Clemson's defense number 1 in the country. Uh, they're the best defense. So this is going to be a defensive battle and a low-scoring football game. Points at a premium. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. If folks want to get involved with you, Kenny, and this is the information you're going to get, you have weekly packages available so folks can dip their toe in the water? Yes, we do. We have, when we have a unique way of doing it. You buy your, you can buy individual picks, one, seven, or, or 30, and then use them on the games you want. And, and you know what games I have a bet on, and you know the strength of the games. If you want to see all the games, we got packages for that too, that you can use, uh, you know, a, a daily, a weekly, or a monthly package for to see every single game. That's up to you. However you want to do it. I uh, wanted to give it your choice. If you don't want to see uh, my play on Middle Tennessee State, you don't need to see that game. If you want to see a play on a game that you're going to, it may, may a good chance I have a 1% play on it. I do a money management on every play from 1% to 5%. I love the a la carte aspect of it. KennyWhiteSports.com. We will talk to you in a week, sir. Thank you, Kenny White. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yes, have a great weekend. You do the same. Kenny White. KennyWhiteSports.com. We will come back. We're just in Vegas. Seems like a good time to head to the Windy City. Off to Chicago we will go with David Kaplan. Your anticipation of this? I'm excited. I bet you are. Uh, Back with Hour 2 next. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.